Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French and today is Sunday in the 21st week of Ordinary Time. And today's homily is called Elephants from Hell. So on that note, let's begin. We've all heard that phrase before, the elephant in the room. It refers to a problem or a difficult situation that is obviously present, but is avoided as a subject of discussion. Now, I think in light of today's gospel, I think there's a temptation for me to leave Dumbo standing there alone in the corner, but I really don't think that is going to be spiritually helpful for you or for me. Jesus is speaking today about the reality of salvation, the Christian goal of everlasting joy and unity with God. But he also acknowledges the elephant, the uncomfortable reality of hell. Now look, I realize that in the decades before I was alive, perhaps too many priests out there were too comfortable instructing through fear rather than hope. And I don't think that was overly helpful either. But I think if we want to be serious about being authentic disciples of Jesus, and we trust that he loves us and he desires our good, then we need to take his teaching seriously, even when it makes us feel uncomfortable. In fact, especially when it makes us feel uncomfortable. Today's gospel begins with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem and he's teaching his followers in the towns along the way. He's approached by a man who, like all of us I suspect, is intensely interested in the question of life after death. And he asks Jesus the question, Lord, will only a few be saved? It's likely that he's asking here whether only Jews would be saved, simply by merit of being descended from and a member of God's chosen people. I believe that's what the Pharisees were teaching at the time. Now, I think we should really pay attention to what Jesus says in response, because not only does it relate to all of our lives, our eternal lives more specifically, but it stands as a challenge to each of us as his followers today. And I think it provides for us a basic instruction on how we should approach the Christian life. Jesus says, Try your best to enter by the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and will not succeed. Now, that's what I call a hard teaching. That's an elephant if I've ever seen one. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I think it would be pretty hard for us to interpret those words, many will not succeed, as Jesus promoting the popular idea that everyone goes to heaven, no matter what, there's no such thing as hell. There is obviously a real choice going on here. Jesus, on the one hand, goes on to describe the glory of heaven as the great feast in the kingdom, that state of total union and fulfillment in God. But Jesus likewise affirms the reality of hell, described by him as the weeping and gnashing of teeth, the real possibility of us being separated from God. So how should we, as followers of Jesus, try to understand this hopeful vision of heaven and this hard teaching on hell. I think we need to begin with the assurance that God desires all people to be saved. We know this to be the case because we know that God is love, and his love for us is absolute. As Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, the Father's love is like the sun, which rises on the good and the evil alike. For this reason, the church teaches that everyone, without exception, is called by God to enter the kingdom of heaven. We even heard a shadow of this idea reflected in the first reading today when the prophet Isaiah declares that God's plan is to gather the nations of every language. They shall come to witness my glory, he says. Isaiah is saying that God's covenant and his promise for salvation is not for the Jews alone like the man was asking, 
but it will extend throughout the earth in a new and eternal covenant. The same covenant into which each of us was baptized. The same covenant we're about to celebrate now in the Eucharist. The covenant sealed for us by the death and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. So we can be sure of the fact that God desires all people to be saved. That everyone is called to the kingdom of heaven. That we've been given the grace of the risen Christ in baptism to achieve that goal. But the fact remains that God forces his will on no one. In order that we may be like God and to love as God loves, God has given us the gift of freedom. God did not make us as puppets or as slaves. He's made us as his sons and daughters, that we may freely choose to love him and love one another. But unfortunately, even as baptized Christians, we can abuse that gift and choose ourselves over God placing our ego, our wants, our desires over the law of God and the needs of our neighbor. Freedom abused in this way is the precise definition of sin, or what Jesus calls in Matthew chapter 7, the broad path that leads to destruction. Now, in light of this real choice, the Lord Jesus is asking us today to exercise our freedom by the help of his grace to, quote, try your best to enter by the narrow door. And despite the difficulty, the discomfort, the death to self and sacrifices that we might have to make as Christians, we are called to choose heaven. But we're never forced. So what does it actually mean to choose heaven in reality? Well, in the words of all the bishops of the world, speaking as one voice during the Second Vatican Council, they said, All the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, that means you, me, priests, bishops, the Pope, everyone, is called to the perfection of charity, they said, the perfection of love. To reach this perfection, all must use their strength accordingly as they have received it as a gift from Christ. In other words, we must serve God and his church in whatever capacity we're able, preaching, praying, organizing, singing, hospitality, giving, educating, whatever gifts we have to use them for God. It goes on, all must follow in his footsteps and conform themselves to his image. Now, if we want to be in God's image, we have to know who God is. That means we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. This means daily prayer, speaking to God regularly, and meditating on God's self-revelation in Scripture. It concludes, Christians must devote themselves with all their being to the glory of God and the service of their neighbor. In other words, we must give right worship to God, keeping holy the Lord's day as you are doing right now by coming to Mass. In response to us, God pours out his self-giving love in the Eucharist, and we're sent forth to share that same love in our families, in our work, and in the world. Okay, so if we were to summarize all of that into one sentence, I would say, heaven is a choice. It's a hard choice, not hard in the making, but in the living. And we know that we absolutely cannot do it alone. We need God's grace and we need the support of each other in community. Without that, our Christian faith can seem like an extraordinary burden, especially when we look at it through a worldly lens in a society that prioritizes material and emotional comfort above all else. But once we know the love of God and his plan for us, then in the words of St. Paul, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Let's not fall then 
for the gospel of egoism or comfort, the gate that leads to destruction. But let's commit ourselves in freedom to make the hard choice for heaven, trusting in the ongoing help of God's grace and motivated by his infinite love for each and every one of us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us the way to everlasting life. We know that you desire all people to be saved, and we pray that we may have the strength to choose heaven, even when the path is difficult. We ask for your grace in all things, that we may serve you and our neighbor with all our being. We pray especially for those who are lost or are far from you, that they may find their way back to the safety of your holy church. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help me spread the word and the average shepherd, you can do so by throwing this up on social media or sharing with someone who might benefit. Thank you and God bless.